This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Graydon Moffat, who is the founder of Graydon Skincare. How are you, Graydon? Hey, Corey. I am well. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to talk about all things packaging. Oh, thank you. Packaging. <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate your time and your wisdom. As a founder, I'm excited to, to talk to you and learn about the, your background. Can you tell us how did yeah. you get into this uh, skincare game? For sure. Um, I'm a bit of an unlikely founder of a skincare company. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I want to respect your time, so I'll, I'll give. I'll, it was really my connection to health and wellness as a vegan chef and yoga instructor that got me into skincare. But you know, I'll be the first one to you know. I, one of the first things I tell people is that you know, I'm sorry to say, I am not a cosmetic chemist or a scientist. I really regret not taking more STEM in school back in the day. I won't date myself. And and also, you know, I'm not a traditional business person. I don't, I, I don't have an MBA. I, I would love to be both a scientist and a and a like MBA or and you know, who knows? But you know what? I think if I had gone into you know a a real career trajectory in either of those things, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm actually doing at the moment. And like many entrepreneurs, I have a, a bit of a circuitous path. So after living in Southern California for, I don't know, a good five years. And I, I went to Pasadena to do grad school. And eventually I came back for a guy. I know it's like, it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible reason. You know, I left sunny California to come back to Toronto where, you know, like, you know, all of the cliches about the cold, like, n- no, we don't live in igloos, but it does get very cold. Yeah. It, it, it's a challenge. Like Northern Ontario is, is it's, it's, you know, the, the, like, there's not a lot of daylight at certain times of the year. So, you know, it was a real transition coming back here, especially because trends, generally speaking, do take, you know, a lot of trends occur in Southern California and they take a while to trickle down. So it was like, when I came back here some years ago, I was like, where's my green juice and my special (laughs) coffee and there's or can I do yoga or like you can get my nails done like you know there it was like this wasteland in in Canada we've I'm glad to say we've caught up and I um (laughs) you know it's Canadians are are not good at being boastful so you know I I don't I I don't want to compliment myself that would be very un-Canadian of me but I would like to think that I actually was one of the early adapters in bringing health and wellness, at least to Toronto. And when the opportunity arose, I was able to become fully certified as a yoga instructor. And I spent many years helping women really with self-care. And I even, I didn't realize it was self-care at the time. We were doing a lot of asana. Like, I don't know if you've ever done yoga. It's not everybody's thing, but you know, Inhale, lift up, exhale, fold forward. And so we were exercising and toning our butts and our abs. But really, 
now that I, I look back and I speak with my former clients, they're like, great. And before self-care was a hashtag, you were teaching us how to take care of ourselves and you were making those lotions and potions and max sprays and oils. And, you know, I remember when my rosacea disappeared or my eczema disappeared and it was because of your funky recipes <laughs> that you cooked up in your kitchen and the teas that we drank in. Oh, sorry. That's my phone making a funny sound part, real life home business here. And, you know, that is what I really was doing, using my culinary skills to formulate. I've always been interested in the alchemy of things. And after a while, I'll spare you the details, but I, I realized, okay, you know, I don't know if I want to have to move my body actually make an income is this a sustainable yeah. we're going to be talking about using the word sustainable in the, in our conversation and i realized it was not a sustainable choice for me as a person to actually physically have to use my body and you know i was like what about these things that i'm making and then people were like yeah can i buy that stuff or come to this school fair and it sounds very homey cottage industry and you know what it really was for a long time but it, it is what got me started, just that grassroots kitchen production Great. and the, the, the markets that I was doing. I realized that I have my phone off the hook and it's making this strange crackling sound. If necessary, I'll put it outside. I have a deck over there. Let's open the, open the door. If it happens one more time, I'm sorry. And and I realized the ladies that I, I was catering to, they were my focus groups. Yeah. And trust me, now we're at a different stage in our production and our marketing and focus groups are really expensive and hard, <laughs> you know, and I had a live active, my yoga clientele, they, they, they were what helped me launch this and very long story short, again, we're getting close to the end. I now have a skincare company. We have 17 different products and various SKU variations for a long time. It was just me and my now late father doing everything he was a former ca so doing the books and the deliveries and now we have a team of about 13 people and i'm very glad to say it's been a long time since i've made products in my kitchen but that is where <laughs> the magic originally happened and i still am at heart a chef and you could ask any team member when they come over here when you know we do gather occasionally even though we've gotten rid of the office environment i will be the first thing uh, the first thing I will say is, what can I fix you to eat? Like, I want to make food for people so that a lot of the energy really does come from, you know, plant-powered, nutrient-dense superfoods. And oh, interesting. There you go. So, so you're using those uh, as ingredients in, in your products. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And like, like many brands, you know, I think my, I've always, as a, some people, some people might say I'm a little crunchy granola. I'd say I'm a little more sophisticated than that, but I've always been interested in ingredients. It's, it's, we are an ingredient-driven brand, and hence, working with plants and growers and suppliers, I've always been interested in sustainability before, like self-care, before sustainability was a thing and a hashtag and a right. movement. I'm really glad it's a movement. And for a long time, you know, packaging really wasn't part of that conversation. And I am glad to say that I think sustainability and packaging is now like front, like it, I solving our packaging. Like this is a daily conversation yeah. and it, it's not simple. Um, what, what kinds of materials do you use for your sustainable packaging? 
Well, we could be, I, I have to like, I have to come clean to say we have a lot of work to do. And, and I, I want to say we, we are not perfect, but what, what I can say is that this is just, this is not just marketing speak. We are a social mission, mission, mission based brand. And while we do participate in some great programs like PACT, and you're probably very familiar with PACT, so that helps people who have hard to recycle componentry to actually be recycled. And we work with environmental organizations like Ocean Legacy so that, you know, we genuinely help to divert ocean waste plastic out of landfill. And we, in fact, diverted over 3,000 pounds of ocean waste plastic away from landfill. That's all great. But really, I would be very happy to have a brand where we didn't need to use Pact or maybe we'll always support Ocean Legacy because I think we have, you know, this is it's going to be hundreds of years that we're going to have an ocean problem, a plastic problem. You know, it, 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 we have, you know, gotten in over our heads over the last 50 years or so, and it might take 500 years to dig ourselves out, literally and figuratively. So what I can say is I am I am glad I am like, we do use glass. I think glass, generally speaking, especially if it is clear glass, it's not colored or frosted, it does tend to be more easily recyclable in terms of people's you know MRFs, like municipal recycling facilities. For a long time, I didn't know that acronym. Acronyms, and it's different. Like what's what goes on. What we were at a trade show in New York before the pandemic, and I realized that they they weren't there wasn't any sort of recycling. I think Canada has been an early adapter, although we still can't recycle black plastic, which drives me crazy. But it's different everywhere. But I, you know, there are some like some some basic simple basic plastic componentry is more easily recycled as is plain glass. But so I'm, I'm dancing around your question. I we are in the process of sourcing a new glass jar, which is PCR. And I would like to talk a little bit more at length about that because that's a good news story, but also a ridiculous story. And I'll get into the details about why I think it's ridiculous, like because there are so many hurdles just to even do what we're doing. We also um, are, an, you know, a fairly hefty proportion of our products are packaged in airless pumps. Now, am I proud about that? Like, not really. I was for a long time because airless pumps offer such great efficacy in terms of, you know, product stability and shelf life. And that means that, you know, I'm not an anti-preservative person. We every every brand, in my opinion, needs preservatives if possible, like not like harsh, overly synthetic preservatives. We use a plant-based preservative that costs a fortune and is also very effective. But still, the airless pumps help. They really do. And as you start to grow from a tiny little indie brand and you work with larger doors or retailers, you know, suddenly you realize like, oh, you know, at first shelf life at 12 months was good. Then it was, you know, 18 months. Now it's two years. Now now we're at the point where like, you know, three-year shelf life would really help us just to grow and scale our business. And, And airless pumps help that but they're not a happy story when it comes to sustainability because of the mixed plastics because of the mixed parts because of metal springs and is there some is there a a rainbow on the horizon kind of sort of like maybe at some point 
And we, you know, we were just at a, a packaging trade show in, in LA. It looks back. Actually, I thought you, you might've been there. I think I, I told you that I was going there and we're going to one in New York next month, like suppliers day. So we're like, we're, we're not being passive about this. Plus we are connected to all these organizations where, you know, my chemist, Ivy, you know, she's contacting suppliers every day to yep. see what we can find. Like if we, maybe we want to do another airless pump, but there aren't a tremendous amount of solutions. Like, you know, so still- I do have some, I do have some good news about that. There's a company, okay. there's a company called Aptar that okay. has made the world's first 100% Mono material packaging. Wow. I, okay. Oh. Connect yeah. me up, please. Yeah. And, and we've seen a couple of them, but you know, some of the airless pumps, like at the Looks Pack show, like, man, like that. The sad thing is, I mean, it's not sad, but people buy skincare for a lot of different reasons. Like, for sure, it needs to work. Like, you want to feel good about it. The actual experience needs to to be positive. Otherwise, it just like, why would you bother have a skincare routine? But it also has to look good as well as the like componentry needs to be effective. Like it needs to work. Um, and if, but if it looks like, you know what, then, and it costs fortune, like it's really hard to get behind that. So anyway, hopefully Eptar's, did I say it right? Yeah. Eptar, A-P-T-A-R. They're a great, great company. Yeah. Okay. Really recommend it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Hey, you know, that would be amazing. And, and, and we will see, but just talking about other parts of our componentry, we also do have some PCR bottles, our hydrating mist and our body oil, the products, face food and intimacy oil. Let me see. Do I have one here? I, I, I can show it. I'll show you what's happening. Actually, I think this will be really relevant. For, for for your customers. I won't waste your time, I promise. My bathroom's just here. So let me get you. So this is a, a bottle of face food. This is our hydrating mist. This is a PCR bottle. And I'm okay that it isn't as crystal clear. There There is a bit of a, a tint, to, tint to it. And that's one of the problems with PCR. And the cap is made with PCR as well. But guess what? And we ordered thousands of these. PCR, we didn't know this. It's brittle. And all of our caps, they've all cracked. And what a waste that is. We were doing a huge beauty box, and the beauty box was shipped, and 3,000 products landed with cracked tops. Talk about just a waste, like waste of, like they garbaged the product. We were fined. Like it nearly freaking killed us. And, and then, you know, it was just such a sad story. So, so why would our supplier not even go through the testing? Like, this is what, like, I, I have, this isn't a bit of an opinionated statement, but I think there are packaging suppliers that are going, okay, yeah, okay, we'll give you something sustainable, mostly because so many brands are asking for it, but their heart isn't in it. They're doing it because they can grow their sales. They're not doing the proper testing. They are charging a freaking arm and a leg, which is so hard for small brands like us. And it makes me flipping crazy. I, I promise I won't swear on your show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what material is the, the jar made out of, the main component of that packaging? This is PCR. 
this is PCR. So but, PCR is, PCR, hold on, to be clear, PCR means post-consumer recycled. So Or, or resin, or resin. But it, anything can be post-consumer recycled, any material. So what material is that made out of? Is it PET? Is it PVC? Is it polypropylene? Uh, no, it's good. Yeah, it's PET. Okay. So this so, is 50% um, PCR, and I guess the rest is regular PET. This is uh, probably a different type of plastic. And I, you know what? I should know. I totally you can call me out for that or any of you <laughs> watching and and certainly they're yeah they're you know yeah so yeah so that's a great way to uh, make packaging more sustainable is to have a high post-consumer recycled content i definitely yeah. agree with that are the are the packages labeled well so you can tell what the material is so they you can recycle them yeah i mean we not the, the things like caps like yeah i would love i so that's another example. Like, I wish there were more North American manufacturing facilities that might be motivated to go the extra mile to do this. And there are some brands that would have the ability to do all the original tooling and to create, you know, but to do like, you know, I don't know if I can make a hundred thousand caps. Like, we are basically self-funded, bootstrapped business. Like just not there yet. So the, not a lot of options. I think, you know, suppliers are obligated to put it on the main component, but yeah, there's nothing on, on, on a, a mist pump or like even here, I'll give you an example. Are you okay that I'm riffing like this? I'm not trying to, I'm just speaking very candidly. I can yeah. be more focused if you need me to be. It's a little all over the place, but we'll, we'll see if we can use it. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you an example of something else, which was I really had a really moment. I'll show you something that we're we're hoping to launch soon. It's a mask. Very oh. few people have seen this. Oh my gosh, this is on <laughs> super super tight. I don't know who did that. And one of the um, suppliers we met at Lux Pack, they have this beautiful, beautiful. Isn't it stunning? Gorgeous. Is it glass? And no, it's not. It is sold. It's a Korean supplier, and there's they're an actual manufacturer, not a distributor. I won't mention name. I, I won't. I won't. I won't show the bottom very very clearly. And this can actually be. You can put a pod in this. So we're we've been interested in recyclable, like refill. Like it would be nice to buy a component like this and then just swap out the pods. We're we're super motivated on and doing that. And then we're also looking at the possibility of just having just you know a clear clear jar we were originally told that this was a pcr jar and and that the the pod was also pcr and we're literally about to place a purchase order and i just wanted to have like a written document that said you know this is a minimum of 50 percent pcr you know before you order tens of thousands of something because this is a really stunning like Again, I'll just, guess what? It's not. It is regular SAN plastic. I was livid. Like I had, I had told my team about this. We were telling retailers, like, it's stunning. It's, it's everything that I dreamed of. The only thing that is PCR about it is that the pod can be made with PCR. What is the point of that? Really? And guess what? The cost of it 
even without a lid, is three US dollars. Three dollars. Like, that is more than the cost of goods of people's formula. I, uh, that doesn't include any of the silk screening. And this is a top company. You know, K Beauty is so huge. It is, it, it's, it's really disheartening. So the next option, like this actually is a certified PCR a jar. It's a glass jar. It's a, both of these are 50 ml. Like look at the difference though. Like this has a lot more padding. So it looks huge. This is just a tiny jar, which is a little bit more eco, but not so visually appealing. This costs $2 to us dollars, which if you do the math into Canadian dollars is really a lot, but this, it doesn't come with a, a PCR top like lid. So, and we can't, if you don't buy the componentry together, you know, if it doesn't work together, like, so, and so this has been a pretty much a full-time job for somebody like an yeah. educated person. We've been working on finding package packaging for this particular new launch for over 18 months. Is something wrong with the system? Like, yes. Like, is it that broken? Like, and, and I think that there's, you know, the media, they write about it, st- sustainability. Oh, you know, for sure, if you're Tatcha or Caudalie and you are, you know, $100 million brand, like maybe you can go and do everything custom. But there is such a huge gap for motivated brands like us. And this is not meant to be... Um, like, a, like, you know, I don't mean to be negative. Like, I think there are positive things, but I think we need to have open conversations. Like, and we are considered, relatively speaking, bigger green, you know, clean beauty brand, at least within the Canadian context. So if it's hard for me, how is it hard, even harder for even smaller brands? So, you, hey, you know, what, what do you have to say uh, about this? I'm here to learn, not just vent. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're with the wrong packaging companies. That's what I think. I think there's okay. lots of really awesome, amazing packaging companies out there and a lot of awesome, amazing packaging professionals out there that can help you really quickly and they're really knowledgeable and that know all of the things and that tested all the things. So it's about it's about connecting with the right people and the right companies, Maybe. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that hopefully have MOQs that are like at least not more than 10,000 pieces. That seems to be a minimum. Yeah. And maybe that's where connecting with some of your other companies that use similar products, maybe you can team up and have a buying group. You know, there, there are lots of ways to get around these minimums and to, to make a positive impact. Anything positive that you're seeing in the future coming that you are excited about? Well, I mean, I, I maybe I put a negative bent on this, but I think there's also a very positive um, positive side of it, and that is that we are having these difficult conversations. I think people tend to live in their little silos, and I've been incredibly open, maybe too open. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry if I've been a little, little bit TMI here. But you can feel the passion and the energy and like I hope you can feel how genuine and important this really is to us as, as a brand. So I'm 
willing to call ourselves out on our shortcomings, be open and honest and ask for help. And I hope that other brands will feel empowered to do the same because there's that, that it's a cliche, this quote, like the rising tide lifts all boats. And I think that, you know, the more we have tough conversations about whether it's sustainability and packaging or like some of this, you know, huge social problems that are, are going on, you know, the unfair, this, this incredible amount of inequity. Like, I think, I think it's important to to really not like, take gloves off and really be candid. And so I think that's how to incite change. And also just when you're speaking to media, like to, to just not just give the perfect answer, right? Like be real, be honest. Oh yeah, definitely. We appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Graydon. I really appreciate your time and it's, uh, it's been an honor to have you on the show. Likewise. All right. I, I, I look forward to maybe connecting the dots after the show. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.